Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Amen. Well, praise God. Um, Today, I know it's Father's Day and everyone probably has things that they want to do, um, family time and all that kind of stuff, whatever it is you're going to do. So I'm mindful of the time, but I've got a message to share with you this morning. And it's concerning the faithful heart of a father, the faithfulness of a father. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. He is faithful. He is faithful. He's ever faithful, always, always working. We sing that song, even when we don't see him, he's working. Amen. And so it goes on to say in 31, what shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Uh, He is against us, but uh, God is for us. Hallelujah. And so praise God for that. This, This week I heard the story about the story uh, about a man, a dad, and uh, he had lost his job. And uh, in spite of losing his job in the morning, he would get up and he would shave and he would put on a shirt just as if he was going to the office. And um, he went to the kitchen table and he began to type out job applications and uh, just that's what he did in the morning. And one day his son said to him, Dad, why are, you, why are you even bothering doing this? Because you don't have a job. And he says, um, I'm doing this because I still have a job. My job is to get another job. And my job is to look after you. So even though he was getting up in the morning, he didn't, he showed up. He showed up every morning because he still had a duty, he still had a job to do. That father remained faithful, would not give up and How many of us could continue in our daily discipline, even if things, circumstances changed, how many of us would would be able to do that and show up and keep on going? And so this guy's still going as if he was going to uh, his employer to work. He's still carrying on. And so all we have to do sometimes is put into action what we can still offer every day. Amen? Be faithful. Show up. Just simply show up. Now, this is not just a message for dads. It's a message for everyone in here. If we have a willing, willing hands and a willing heart and we show up, that's the place where our lives join the Lord's. And that's where he does things. When we show up, when we, when we remain faithful, that's a powerful thing. Amen. And so sometimes I used to be like this. I'd have to wait until all the conditions were just right before I did something. If all the sun and the moon and the stars line up, then today, now is my time. But irrespective of the time or the conditions and whether or not they feel right or not, we've got to act in faith because faith pleases God. Amen? Faith pleases God. It's always the right time to have faith in God. It's always the right time to put your trust in the Lord. Amen? And so, if we do not give up and we show up every day, what does God promise us? He promises us a harvest. He says, in due season, 
We will reap if we don't give up. And you know what? Sometimes we try to sometimes either get ahead of ourselves or we fall behind. And what is just as disheartening for a father is when your child comes to you and they want something before its season. It's not time for that yet. And it's hard sometimes to make someone understand that this is not the time yet. Be patient. The season is coming. There's a time coming. Hallelujah. And we will reap if we don't give up. And so there's one translation that says there's a harvest of blessing for those who do not give up. A harvest of blessing. And I want to read the scripture in Galatians chapter 6. And it says there, oh, here we go, over the page. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give up. Don't grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap if we don't give up. So if you have the opportunity, keep on doing good to all people and show up and be faithful. The New King James Version says, don't grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose our hearts, if we don't lose heart. Amen. Keep on doing good, especially to the household of faith. So if you look to your left or your right this morning, you're looking at someone who's part of the household of faith. And God says, do good to them. That's a great message. That could preach just on its own. Do good to the household of faith. And I I believe that some of the saddest times in my life, some of the most disheartening times is when you you are witness to someone giving up. It's it's such sorrow. It really is. Um, And um, has anyone here ever been in that position where you've journeyed with someone for many years, a long time, and they give up? What does it do to your heart? It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And so, you've probably heard it said many times, but we as people, we often give up when we're just about to get over the finishing line. The finishing tape is there, and I know there's athletes in this place. I know I can see, I know there's, I can see, I can see, I think Laura's sitting over there. You know what the finishing tape looks like at the end of that pain and that struggle to get to the tape? Who gives up before the finish line? But the thing is, sometimes we don't realize, we don't recognize the finish. We don't recognize the season is just around the corner. It's just there ready for us. We just have to keep on going. Amen? And so, you know, there is a proper time. There's a due season. And that is one of the promises that God makes in His Word. Do you believe in His promises? He promises that there is a proper time and a due season. Blessings to you. A proper time and a due season. Has anyone here run a marathon before? Or something like that, an endurance event? You know, when you run a marathon, you naturally become tired, don't you? You naturally become tired. It's physically and mentally demanding. And there's usually a point in the marathon where you consider giving up. And normally it's towards the, the, the back end of the race. You can be two-thirds or, the way, or more of the way there. And you're like, that thought crosses your mind. I remember we used to do park runner, Eglinton Park, and Lewis, man, he would go off. 
And then, and I'd, we'd, we'd maybe, I'd maybe be able to keep up with him for a kilometer or two, and then I would just see the dust. And I'd be, I'm like, oh, what do I do? And, and it's like, um, oh, I'm just going to give up, or do I just try and pick up someone else that will pace me to the finish line? And it can be towards the back end of the race where you think about giving up. But I want to encourage you this morning, you've come so far, you're closer to the end than to the beginning. You're closer to the end. Don't turn around and don't look back. It's further to get back to the start than it is to get to the, the finish, isn't it? Listen to the encouragement of the people around you. Listen to them. Do you know that the Bible says that the, 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 the angels and the saints in heaven lean over the banisters of heaven shouting you on? They shout you on. They're shouting you on. They're saying, come on. And at that point, they're like, I need some fuel. Fuel up. Take the encouragement. Fuel up. And keep on going. The pain is temporary. All of that will just drift into a memory when you experience the joy of crossing the finish line. Amen. But anyone who's going to enter such a thing needs to prepare for it. You would do well. You'd be wise to prepare for it. And what does it involve? It involves knowledge. It involves understanding. It involves doing some research. It involves applying yourself. It involves physical and mental preparation. But we have an advantage because we have the Holy Spirit. He gives us a supernatural advantage to get to the finish line. Do you believe that? But you know what? I've learned in life that you can have as much knowledge as you like, but the art of applying that knowledge is what really counts. If we can't take that knowledge, if we can't take those spheres of knowledge and turn them into the art that is applying them in our lives, the creatively taking that knowledge and getting that knowledge to work for us, it will never do us any good. We've got to apply it. And I want to encourage you this morning that God knows your heart. He sees you and he knows you. And he wants to help you take what you know and what he's put into you and he wants to help you to apply it and walk it out in your life every day. What he really wants for you, this is what I believe in my heart, and this has been, this has been mentioned a couple of times in things I've, I've heard this week. What is really important in these days is our closeness to our Lord and Savior, the proximity that we have to him. How close are we to him? Because that is going to make the difference. If we live in constant contact with him, closeness, intimacy, and some people run a mile from intimacy, they run a mile from closeness. I know, that, I know what that feels like. And everything, there's so many wedges trying to be driven in between you and the person that you know you should be drawing nearer to. But he wants us to live in constant contact with him and yield to him. And if we do that, he will lead us to the finish. He will lead us to the finish line. The plans that he has for us will be fulfilled. Amen. And there's so many things that interfere in our lives to try and cut off that contact. The, the sad thing is I look back on my own life and I understand that I've permitted most of them to happen. I permit these things to come in between. I, per, I have given them the opportunity to create a gap, to create a division, to create a space. 
And I become discouraged and disheartened. Has anyone here experienced these emotions? I've given fear room in my heart. I've given doubt room in my heart. I've had anxious thoughts. I've had worries. I've compared myself to other people, thinking, how am I really doing? I don't think I'm doing very well because I, I look here and I look there and I see this and I see that and I don't feel like things are working out very well. I have, to, I have to get closer to the Lord because He will reassure me that the plans that I have for you are good and not for evil. They're to give you a future and a hope. Amen. Romans chapter 6 verse 16 says, don't you realize that you become a slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteousness. So we, we have this massive choice. Who will we give room to? Who will we open the door to? What will we obey? What will we yield to? And Paul was in Galatians. He's, a, he's encouraging the Galatians, stop comparing yourselves to one another. Be responsible in your faith towards God. That's all you need to worry about this morning. Don't worry about what the person on your left or your right is doing. Be responsible in your faith towards the Lord. Amen? Because I know one thing, our hearts and our flesh may fail us at times. But God is a good, good Father and His grace is sufficient for us. And we are going to stumble and fall and we are going to feel a million miles away. Abject failures. And I remember his grace is sufficient for us. His grace is sufficient. Do, you th do, you not, do we not think that God knows that there are a million other things in this earth that are trying to get in the way of our relationship? He knows that. He knows that. He knows how complicated life is. He knows the voices that come into our heads. You know what? That, that critic called David that lives in my own head. Self-criticism self-condemnation. He knows all of these things. But there's one thing that he does respond to, and that is faith. And if we have faith in the one and only way, and he is the way, the truth, and the life, amen, that we keep the faith, that we fight the good fight of faith, and we know his voice and respond to it, that is all he wants us to do. Know his voice, a, a million other voices, please just know my voice. Know the voice of the good shepherd. Amen? John chapter 10 verse 14 talks about the good shepherd. Amen? I am the good shepherd. I've laid down my life for the sheep. Those who know me will know my voice and they will follow me. Amen? And it's knowing, it's knowing God's voice to the extent that you're willing to give up and sacrifice things that you think, I'll never be able to give that up. I'll never reach that depth of relationship with my Lord and Savior that I really want because I simply can't, I don't seem to be able to let this thing go. But I want to tell you this morning that you can. You can. And there's a great example. There's a, there was a father in the Old Testament. is such a great example for us. His name was Abraham. In Genesis chapter 22, that story tells us that Abraham did not withhold his son. He trusted God and he gave up his son to be an offering on an altar. He didn't withhold it. And as soon as God seen that response in faith in his name, 
He said, stop, don't harm the boy. Don't harm him, but because I've seen your faith, with blessing I will bless you. With blessing I will bless you. I will make your descendants as numerous as the sand on the seashore and as the stars in the sky. And even more, you will possess your enemy's gates. Do you know what that tells me? God is saying, show me your faith and you will overcome. I will cause you to be an overcomer. I will set a place for you at the table of you will dine with your enemies. You will have mastery over them. You will have the authority. You have the authority. Now, Abraham could have held on to his inferiority complex. I, I know, little old me, little old me, could, could, is, could this really be possible? Could you really be calling me to this, Lord? Could I really have this miracle child at my age? Could I really start this new season in my life at, at my age? I'm just little old me. If Abraham had not let go of that inferiority complex, where would we be? Because we are today sitting in here, the seed of Abraham. The Gentiles, we, we, are, we can be part of God's kingdom because of Abraham's covenant with the Lord. And I want to encourage you today that God has called you into life and into ministry and into his kingdom to be who you were created to be. To be a dad, to be a mum, to be a grandparent, to be a doctor, a nurse, a musician, a praise and worship leader, leader, a pastor, an evangelist, a helper, a worker, a builder. Whatever season you find yourself in, I want you to know God's calling you into that. And don't let other voices or lies stop you from that. And I'm going to rattle through, I'm going to rattle through a few things that I hope will speak to you this morning. So if you're in this place today and you think that, do you know what, I'm not cut out for this. Well, I want to tell you that that's true. You were not cut out for it. You were placed into it. You're not cut out. You're placed in. Even within the thing that we know we're called to do, sometimes things conspire to threaten our ability to remain faithful. Amen? And that usually is criticism from outside or criticism from within. The enemy of our souls trying to take us off track. I want to say this morning, don't be moved by your feelings. Do not be moved by what you see. But be moved to remember that we're not expected to do anything in our own strength. Hallelujah. We're not expected to do it in our own strength, but we're to do things dependent on his strength. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Walk by faith. Here's a, the next thing that might, you might crop up. Someone else can do it better than me. Somebody else can do it. They're much better at it than I am. Someone else is a better parent, a better teacher, a better pastor, a better whatever, a better friend, a better musician. They can pray better than me. Well, the thing is with these thoughts, thoughts turn to words, turn to actions, steal your identity, 
And the, 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 the thing is, there's probably thousands of people, millions that do things better than me, and that's okay. I'm okay with that, because that's what they were called to do. You, you, you let me try and work out something on a technical thing, I'm like, God created John Mandel's. You didn't, I, didn't need, I, I don't need to be better than him. <laughs> He's better. God, God created Lorna to do work in many... God created all of you. It's okay. Christ in you, though, is better than. Christ in you is better than destroying yourself, trying to achieve the summit of perfection that you think you need to achieve. I want to say this morning, remember that we bear the image of Christ. We bear his image. We are image bearers that have a job to do and a purpose. Here's where we go wrong. We become the purpose doer and the job doer, and we try to maintain the image bearing. We get it back to front. We just want to work ourselves because we think we're going to it's, it's what we do and how hard we work and everything that is going to make the difference. And that, that Christ whose image we bear, that gets put on the back burner. We get into this negative place, defeated, bullied. Anyone ever been bullied before? You know, so many things in life can bully you. And I remember when I was in, in grade one in South Africa, there was a boy that waited for me on my way home every day. It was in the same street. And it was on the corner and he would sit on the wall and he'd wait for me. I got so afraid. I used to try and find other ways to get home. And um, God can help us so that we have no fear of man. No fear of being bullied. We know who we are. We have no fear of being outperformed by other people. We don't need to increase our work rate. All we need to do is rest in him. Because what is fear? Fear drives out the love of what it is you do. Amen? Fear drives out the love of what you're called to do. But we are the beloved of the Lord, isn't it? So we need to take time to be loved. Let him love you. Rest in him. Amen. I've got a great book, but the, the key scripture is, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Okay, quickly. Oh, I think it's been done already, so I'm not going to do it. You know, there's nothing new. Everything's already been preached. Everything's already been taught. Most things have already been done. And better than we could do it, more eloquently than we could ever do it. But there's someone out there who has not heard that first voice in their life telling them the good news. Amen? And so your voice might be the one they need to hear it from. So don't ever think it's all been done before. Someone else is doing it. It's been done already. People need to hear the, the gospel. People need to hear your testimony. So be first to do that. Oh, well, I don't think I have anything to offer. I want to say if you're in this place today, you have much to offer. Amen. And it's not just, well, someone else can do it better and I'll let them crack on with it. That's one thing. 
It's another thing to think that you've nothing to offer entirely at all. That's, 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 that's another thing. If God made us all on purpose, then he made us with a purpose in mind. He made every one of you here on purpose. The Holy Spirit moves into the seat of our lives, into our hearts, and transforms us and makes us people with something to offer. Amen? And you know what? What you will offer is unique, and it will be uniquely you. It's you. God is looking for you to bring your offering. It's, un, it's totally different to everyone else's. We are created in the image and likeness of God, so we have something to offer, don't we? And for those of you, and I think this is a good message for this morning, and for dads and for moms who are finding life a struggle, I know what it, we know what it's like. We're getting tired. Oh, man. To the point where you're like, I, I detest my calling. I detest what I'm going through, what I have to do in life right now. And sometimes we refuse to show up, not because we doubt what we're called to do, but because we don't like it. We, we dislike it. <laughs> this is going to be a good one, I can tell. Have you ever wished that God could change your passions and everything else to suit your preferences or your comforts? Oh, Lord, just, just, just change me because I'm much more suited to this. And sometimes we wish we could possess the callings that other people have because they're so much more attractive. They're so much more exciting than what we do every day. But I want to tell you, trust me, if those, if those callings or if that passion was placed inside of you before, within, within minutes, it'd be lifeless. Because what God is putting into you, the passion that you have, is the passion for what he's called you to do. Even if you resist it, Sometimes you're like, give me another, give me something else. Somehow God calls us to the place where the calling is just heavy to bear. It is just awkward to handle and it is overwhelming at times, but somehow it keeps the life within us going because we know it, you were never meant to get through this calling on your own. You were meant to do it with me by your side. You are meant to do it with me by your side. I know this for sure. The grass is not always greener on the other side because on the other side, you still got to mow the lawn and do that. This last week, I was mowing my, my neighbor's lawn um, because it got way out of control. And uh, it nearly done me in, I have to tell you. So I, I don't want to be going mowing other people's lawn. I'm thankful for my lawn. <laughs> couple more. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Someone somewhere has convinced you that what you're doing is in vain. It's a waste of time. And this is where the devil has a field day in your mind and in your heart. It's not worth it. You think you're achieving something. Listen, that's, what you're achieving is nothing compared to what so-and-so has done. You're just wasting your time. I know one thing. Time invested into God's kingdom is never wasted time. We have to understand that we, don't, that we don't get involved in what the Bible says is wood, hay, and stubble, but to get involved in things that are productive for the kingdom. Amen? And we can pray, we can pray about that. And here's the one that everyone loves. 
I don't know about this because it's W-O-R-K, work. It's work. To show up, to arrive, to be here ready to do your sound check, to be on the meeting, to do this, to do that, whatever it is, to be up at McGavin Park to do this, it's, it's, it's all work, you know. It's, it's pretty hard work. It's hard work. To be ready to engage, to show up. The alternative to that is work too. It's harder to deny what you've been called to do. It's harder to, it's mentally more taxing to come up with ways to avoid your responsibilities than just to say, Lord, you've called me to this. You'll help me to do it. Instead of trying to devise all sorts of ways that we can somehow be in God's kingdom but not be a worker in his kingdom. The Bible says that my people shall be volunteers in the day of the Lord. He calls every one of us to to work and do something. And that one, well, what if people don't like me or they don't like what I'm doing? Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. The fear of man is a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. Don't be afraid of what people will think. Yeah, people might not like it. People might not like what you're doing, how you're going about it. They might not even like you. I know, you know, we know what that feels like. But the fear of the Lord, don't let, the the fear of man, don't let that stop you from going on to do your calling. And here's the final one. Are you ready? We're going to close now with this. This is the biggest one. Who do you think you are? Call yourself a dad. Call yourself a mom. Call yourself a teacher. Call yourself a nurse. Call, you, call yourself whatever. Call yourself a son. Call yourself a daughter. Who do you think you are? That one is spoken right into our soul. It questions your identity. And it's designed to make you impotent in God's kingdom. Who do you think you are? This is the one that uses the ammunition for our past, from our past to wipe out our future. The ammunition, and I tell you what, the devil can have a field day with my past. All that ammunition there, man, that, would just caught, that, that could just debilitate me for the rest of my life. What we need to consider is this, the enemy knows that as soon as you're ready to sacrifice, as soon as you're ready to give something up, as soon as you're ready to take a step of faith, it's a threat to him. It's a threat to him. Because the reward for our faithfulness and our faith is what? Back all the way to the beginning, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't let self-doubt keep you quiet. Don't let it silence you. Recognize where that comes from. And when you recognize where it comes from, turn it against the enemy. Turn it against the devil and make it work, work for you. So when those voices come and says, who do you think you are? Here's an answer. I am. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of the Most High God. I am a good father. I am a good mother. I'm a good son or daughter to my natural, but I'm a good worker. This is when that word, when that comes against you, you have the ability to answer it. You have the ability to answer it. This is your chance 
to take authority and to walk in the authority that you've been given. This is your opportunity. When that word comes to you, who do you think you are? That is the, the opportunity to make a different choice to every single thing you've thought in the past, every choice you've ever made. Who do you think you are? I'm made in the image and likeness of God. I carry the presence of the Holy Spirit inside me wherever I go. I am the beloved of God. I am an image bearer. I am a recipient of God's grace and mercy. I am loved by my creator. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.